Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. I am Race for the Prize. You can follow me on Twitter at Race for the Prize. You can also go to RaceForThePrize.com. That's where you can get access to the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet for the month of February. 30 bucks, Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, simple transaction, and then I will give you access to all the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheets. Maybe you just want to try Daytona, bunch of Daytona sheets, $12, Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, right over to me, and you'll instantaneously get access. And you get access to the sheet that we're looking at today, the dual races. While we're talking about the duels, we're asking the age-old question of, should I chase place differential in the duels? Quick answer for me, if you don't have time to listen to the podcast, and if you don't have time, please, before you go, like, subscribe, share, go to raceforthepriz.com, spread the word, send me that Venmo money. Thank you so much. I'm not chasing place differential. It is not set in stone. It is not 100% the best method. I'm not going to completely ignore it. But again, if you're leaving early, the quick answer is I value finishing position more so in these dual races. Why is that? All right, for those that are sticking around, yes, at Talladega and Daytona, those are wild chaotic races with full fields. And we see drivers often score 20 place differential points or more. And yes, in the Daytona 500, you will chase place differential. In Talladega, you will chase place differential in the Aaron's 499. The duel is a different beast. This is hardly a beast, really. There's not as much carnage, not as much chaos. It's less likely for a driver to start all the way in the back and move to the front. It's a tamer race. We get kind of locked in. The other factor is we have half of the field, meaning half of the place differential available, making it less significant. We'll talk about hog points, or really a lap leader in another video. That scoring bucket is off the table at the moment. We're looking at the other two main scoring buckets, which are finishing position points versus place differential points. And typically in a plate race, we highly value the place differential bucket. It is the sought after goal. Whoever has access to this, and it's mainly the driver starting in the back, tend to finish on top of the DFS scoreboard. Not necessarily the actual pylon or actual finishing position, but they score the most fantasy points. The duels are different. The duels, the finishing position bucket, where you finish, the points you score based on where you actually finish, tend to lead more towards an optimal day. So let's look at the data. What you can see on the screen, Joey Logano in 2023 scored the second most fantasy points. 2021, fourth most fantasy points, the most in 2020, second in 19, the most fantasy points in 2018. On average, in the DFS scoreboard, he winds up fourth. That is the second best among the drivers listed. Over here in these columns, A through AA through AI, this is their actual finishing position. And you can see he won his duel in 2023. He won a duel in 2020, 2019. On average, he finishes the actual race in fourth place as well. And that's the best among drivers. And then to complete our pattern is to see, all right, well, where are these guys starting? Yeah, this is less concrete. I mean, it's concrete. We know exactly where they start, but you can see the scores are a little bit spread out. The starting positions are a little bit more spread out, but we see a little bit more consistency over here, which leads one initially to suspect that maybe it doesn't matter so much where they start, i.e. it doesn't matter about place differential. It's much more important where they finish. 
go over here. We can see their average dual starting position. His is seventh. Logano's average finishes fourth. Average is three place differential points. That's not a lot. But let's look at where does he finish these races. And in eight of, or in six of his eight clash races, those are since we've had clash races at DraftKings, six of the eight times, he has ended up with a top six DFS score for a 75% clip. That is the best. Now, one caveat, I am saying top six. I have not gone through and crunched the numbers and run the actual optimal lineups, but for the most part, a top six DFS score gets you in the winning lineup. The top six scores on the DFS scoreboard typically all fit salary-wise and even leave plenty of money on the table. It's not 100% the case, but you've seen enough Daytonas and Talladegas for it to work. And you say, well, this isn't Daytona Talladega. This is technically a duel. Well, it's still pretty much the same pattern. There are going to be exceptions where sometimes you'll have the drivers that score first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and seventh. But for the most part, if we just simply look at a top six score, they were in the optimal or winning lineup. Now, look at this pattern. So we have it sorted on the screen by driver's average finish. Logano, Harvick, Bell, Bubba Wallace, Chase Elliott, Harrison Burton, Austin Cindric, Ryan Blade. These guys all tend to finish up front. They are the best among average finish. And then we also notice that they are also the best in terms of finishing the race with the top six DFS score, which tells me that their starting position is slightly irrelevant. What meant the most was they had to finish up front. A driver has to finish up front to end up with a top six DFS score. We will test that out, but right now, the initial data is pointing towards maybe we should lean more towards finishing position. And our immediate breakdown or our a priori deductions is that you're starting in the back. While there are plenty of place differential points on the table, in this particular race, these clash events, although they're on the table, they're just not likely. In this short race, starting in the back is just not easy to get to the front. And you need to get to the front, or at least the data suggests. You get locked out of a top 10 finish. You might be thinking to yourself, I'm going to get J.J. Gailey starting 20th. I think he can survive, get to around 11th or 12th. That's eight place differential points. That's going to work. That's not going to work. That's not what the data says. That if you chase that guy in the back, cool, but he still needs to finish up in the front. We see this pop up. And the reason why is there's not a lot of carnage that opens the door for a car to go from way in the back to way in the front. This race is often very you know, single file or double file, not really a lot of places to move. It's hard to gain a lot of spots. So the deeper you are, the further you are from the front. And the closer you are to the front, the more likely you are to get to the front. And if you get to the front, you more than likely end up in the top six, which is where we need you to be top six DFS wise. And those top six are not 100% top six drivers on the actual race, but it's pretty close. And so we can actually run this data real quick and see. So what I'm asking here in these columns, BB through BJ, I'm saying, all right, let's test our JJ Yaley hypothesis. He's starting around 20th. I think he can get to, I don't know, 12th. 
that should be good enough. So what we're asking is how often does the driver finish the race 10th or worse? This is, I mean, technically it's a top 10. If a driver finishes 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, whatever, but they're starting in the back and they get place differential. Okay, it's cool. How often in the eight seasons of clashes has a driver finished 10th or worse and still ended up with a top 60 FS score? The answer is once. There has been one occasion where a driver has not finished better than 10th and got a lineup. It was A.J. Allmendinger in 2018. He did not finish ninth or better. He finished 10th or worse and still was optimal. So if you're stacking a guy in the back, fine. But you need to envision that driver finishing better than 10th. That's what the data suggests. If you pick J.J. Yaley and you don't have him finished in 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, he's not going to work. That's what the pattern has been. And we can go even further. Let's say, all right, well, what if they finish ninth? What if they finish ninth or better? Three times. Okay, so I need a guy to finish with at least eighth. Uh, Going to have to do better than that. Guy's got to finish at least in seventh place of the real race. My guy starting 17th has to grab 10 spots. It gets a little bit better. But what this is showing us is that you really need drivers finishing up front. Now, obviously, if we just go, all right, what if they finish third? You can see it populates more. So if your driver finished third, fourth, fifth, sixth, did they end up with a top 60 FS score? Yeah, 43 times a driver that just wasn't the winner or the runner-up. If you weren't the winner and you weren't the runner-up, but you got all the way to the front, yeah, you ended up in a top six score, which leads you to believe that, all right, I need guys that are going to finish up front. I don't necessarily need to completely chase place differential. Now, that's not to say that we can completely ignore place differential. What this really suggests is that Guys starting 15th through 20th probably aren't likely going to get to the top five. And that's really what we need is an actual top five. The drivers starting inside the top 15, they might be able to creep forward. And they may be within striking distance. So the one thing that we really probably can definitively say is, man, 15th through 20th, unless it's somebody super fast or some sort of exceptional circumstance, we ought not chase those. So let's go further here and let's look and say... Let's change our, 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 our question and say, and look at starting position. And say, what about drivers starting outside the top? Outside of the top 15. How often do they end up in the top six? And it happens. Eight times in eight seasons. So once per year, one per every two classes. So on Thursday night, there will be one driver starting outside the top 15 that makes it. And say, but wait a second. We were so, yeah. so imagine the driver in 16th gets to 7th. That can work. 16th to 7th is not impossible. But as you get further back, 17th, starting 18th, starting 19th, it becomes much harder to get the finishing position that you also need. As we get closer to the front, say if you're starting 
14th or worse, it becomes a little bit easier to get to the front and a little bit more likely that you end up with a real life top six, which is a DFS top six almost. Let's say you're starting third, let's say you're starting 12th or worse. That doesn't seem too bad. You're not that far from the front. We can see that number pop up to 20. Let's just give ourselves a round number and say, all right, let's say you're starting outside, outside of the top 10, jumps up to 25. 10th or worse. Say you're starting somewhere between 10th and 22nd. 29 times we've seen those drivers end up in a top six DFS scoring position. So you can't completely ignore place differential, but you have to be a little bit more fine-tuned with how you chase it. 15 beyond, boy, you are really taking a gamble. But in that sweet spot of 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 29 times in eight seasons, so roughly about every year, three drivers to four drivers, one to two per dual race, our guy starting not really in the back, back middle, whatever you're going to say. So Christopher Bell started 10th or worse. He ended up with a top 60 FS score, right? Imagine he starts 11th. He finishes fifth. That gets it done. Michael McDowell did it. And then we had Corey LaJoy, or Todd Gillen and Corey LaJoy pull off. Had four last season. Drivers starting outside 10th or worse. They ended up moving forward enough to get that score. And they give you an example, though, for LaJoy, he did start deep in the field. He started 20th. He is an exception here. Other guy starting way in the back and coming all the way forward. He starts 20th. He finishes the actual race in fifth, and he ends up with the most fantasy points. Very rarely do we see drivers end up with that type of score. No, wait a second. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you need a top score. Almost got myself confused a second ago. Now I'm good. So we're chasing place differential, not really. Are we chasing for the middle? Sure we are. And you can see that I've got a dual trend here too that shows us this one goes back to finishing position rather than starting position. And so what this says is if you finish the race in first, what was your DFS score? 22nd or second, not bad. If you finish the actual race in second, first. If you finish the actual race in third, fourth most fantasy points. And we can go over here and look that in the 16 dual races that we had DraftKings data for, 100% of the time, the driver that wins his duel is top six. 100% of the time, the driver that finished second is top six. 100% of the time, so basically, the podium is always going to be top six. And so on and so forth. And you can see as the numbers increase in terms of finishing position, their likelihood of being a top six score decreases. It's just real simple here. Top scores score top points, regardless of their stop. <laughs> top finishes score top fantasy points, 
regardless of their starting position. And that might not even be true because if you're going to finish up front, you more than likely were starting up front. We can check that data, which we basically did. But anyway, it becomes very obvious that the better you finish, the more fantasy points you score, obviously, but not just that, you also end up with the best scores overall. Yeah, finishing up front means more points, but that more points is better than chasing place differential. And you can see as we take guys that finish low, they rarely end up in the top six in terms of DFS scores. They rarely score enough. Guys starting 19th, or a guy finishes 19th, obviously it's not going to get the job done. Even 15th, it's not. I mean, one time you get a guy scoring the 10th most fantasy points. You get a little bit closer, and you start to see these DFS scores creep up. A guy starting 13th finishes with the ninth most fantasy or a guy finishing 13th scores the ninth most fantasy points. A guy finishing 12th, 10th most fantasy points, 7th most fantasy points. As their finishes get closer, they get more finishing position points, and they end up with better days. This is what the trend tells us. And if you don't completely agree with that, you can just simply go through and look, test with your eyes, look at previous stories. Now, going back to the top six notion, but those are top six. It's not necessarily optimal, but for the most part, it is. You can look at last year's first dual race, left almost $4,500 on the table. We go back to second dual race. Again, I'm just going to highlight the top six scores, and this one leaves almost $5,000 on the table. For the most part, a top six isn't optimal. Now, one thing you look over here is see starting positions. Four of your drivers started in the top 10. You did have two place differential guys come through. And they were deep ones for an actual occasion, which isn't very often. We'll look at the other dual race. 11th starting position, third starting position, fourth, seventh. You did have two sweet spot guys here in 13 and 15 that were able to finish eighth and finish fifth and end up in the top six. You can't completely abandon place differential, but you really ought not chase someone way in the back. I know that Gilliland and LaJoy sort of broke that trend, but let's look at 2022. Our top six scores. Again, there's plenty of money for this lineup. Kozlowski starting nine. You got 11, 7, 10, 12, 13. Again, that sweet spot. Briscoe starting 10th. Finishes fourth. Jones starting 12th. Finishes sixth. Kurt Busch. Starts 13th, finishes 9th, somehow squeezes into the optimal lineup. We'll go down here. You've got four drivers starting 9th or better. McDowell, or down here we got 14, sweet spot. 11, 9, 16, 5, 7. You can see that we're not really completely chasing place differential. We're also not really completely stacking the front row either. Look at some more. But then again, you go to 2021 and you got all the guys really starting close to the front. And again, you got a Corey LaJoy appearance starting in the back. Seems to have a knack for being one of the few guys that can start in the back and break some of these trends. But even when LaJoy did that, look at where he finished. He still finished with a top seven actual 
day, if you are chasing a guy in the back, he still needs to be able to finish around seventh or better. Meaning that, oh, well, place differential, there it is. Oh, well, finishing position, there it is. So anyone that wants to make the argument that, yeah, you can play guys in the back. Oh, Ty Dillon started 17th. You said don't stack in the back. Yep, but he also finished sixth. Jamie Murray started 18th, still got the 10th. You can't completely ignore place differential. You're not going to lock people out. But the trend suggests that they really need to fish. If anything, some of those junkers, you can probably just go ahead and eliminate them from your pool. Again, like I said at the beginning, it's not completely definitive. You can't completely abandon guys in the back. There are some drivers in the back that I would abandon. 10th to 15th seem to be a pretty good sweet spot because they still have access to getting towards the front. And that is the key point, getting to the front. Another trend that you might be noticing is we don't really tend to have guys that are starting up towards the front. They end up with the most fantasy points. Starting up in the front of your dual race does not necessarily correlate with finish is what we're seeing. Starting up front, things change, and you don't have access to some positive place differential. You're more than likely to lose some place differential. And so... You don't really need the front two rows either. That's something that we could explore in another podcast. The main one here is that I really would focus on finishing position. Hopefully this was helpful. If it wasn't, just go to the spreadsheet. Look at the data. Get your own hot take. Come away with your own lineup construction habits. Don't just tell me. Don't just follow everything that I've said. Don't just follow any YouTube talent who says, here is the answer. Here is the code. There isn't a cheat code. The only cheat code is put your nose to the grindstone. Go to raceforthprize.com. Look up the information. If not, all you simply need to do is Venmo, PayPal, or Cash App the money over to me. My information is at raceforthprize.com. And then you can get the fancy NASCAR spreadsheet. You can do your homework. And you can figure out exactly where you stand for the dual races. Where you're going to target Maybe you're going to look at specific drivers. Like we looked at Corey LaJoy and said, man, look, he tends to pop up in these lineups. I think I've even got a sheet on here where we can see some of these drivers and where they're popping up. This is starting position, so I don't really need to look at that. But, I mean, if you look at the dual sheet, again, like I said, and see on average, how many optimals has LaJoy been in? We'll sort it by optimals. We saw him pop up a lot recently. Logano, LaJoy, Bavall, Cendric, Blaney. So it might be misleading. We looked at the two examples. LaJoy's done it twice. They just happen to be the two most recent. Then again, he's been in a lot better equipment of late. He's been in a different situation of late. You know, yeah, two out of his seven duels, but... The tool duels that he hit, we'll go over here, where he scored the most fantasy points in 2023, probably best car he's ever had. 2021, pretty good car. You go back to these older days where his equipment wasn't necessarily the best. I can't even remember what the name of that team was now. It's completely, he was in it. Uh, Matt Benedetto drove that car. I am completely blanking on that car that he drove and the team it was with. But all the days here, for you to figure out 
who's going to be the best play. So you want to look at starting positions, you look at finishing positions, you want to look at specific drivers. It's all there. Racefortheprize.com. Thanks for joining me. Have a wonderful speed week. A lot of racing ahead of us. Blessed to have you guys around. Love you guys.